Hello, people of the way. If you have your Bible, please open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16, and we're going to pick up in verse 1. Today, we are going to conclude our study through 1 Corinthians. And Paul says here in verse 1, he says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Now, He's talking about the collection, uh, contribution, financial contribution for the saints. Now, remember, we're going to see in chapter 16, we're going to see a lot of overlap from our study in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, specifically like uh, chapter 18, 19, a little bit of 20, we're going to see some overlap here in from chapter 16. Because do you remember there was this great diaspora, what happened in the saints in Jerusalem? Because the cost of being a Christian was, it became, you know, pretty heavy in Jerusalem. And when that happened, you had this diaspora where people started to leave Jerusalem, you know, middle class, upper middle class, the wealthy class. They started to leave because mobility for them was a lot easier. Now, the poor people remained in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem was largely the poverty stricken, the poor people in Jerusalem, because it was too dangerous to be a Christian in Jerusalem. So the wealthy people were out of here. And it was a lot easier for wealthy people. But the working class, the people, paycheck to paycheck people, it's difficult for them to leave. And so there's these provisions, the provisions for the saints in Jerusalem. And this collection, you know, for the saints. Now, you, you have to remember that uh, this in the, the poor people remain, but it's not just for Corinth. It, you know, as I've given orders to the churches in Galatia, so you must do also. Now, remember, this is for the churches. It's it's not Paul saying, hey, give me your money and I'm going to go buy my second private jet. Give me your money and I'm going to go buy, you know, a, a mansion on Pacific Palisades. Uh, give me your money and I'm going to go buy my, you know, beachside mansion in, in, in Naples. No, he doesn't say in, in Boca. No, he doesn't say that. It's for the saints. He gives instructions for how to do this. He says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. This is a reserved treasury, like a little side piggy bank. Now, it's very easy. Carnally speaking, it's very easy to, sell, to, to save money for ourselves. Very easy to put little, you know, rainy day fund. I have a little, a big jar on the counter, you know, a rainy day fund. You know, this just drop a couple bucks here, a couple bucks here. And after, you know, a year, it's going to be like, you know. It's a lot, I mean, take that with a grain of salt because people don't do that today, but you know, it's a lot easier when you do it for self. But what about when you do it for others? What about if you have like a big jar and it's like, okay, this is, this is for other people. This isn't for me. This is for another person. This is for a brother or sister in Christ. When a need rises, and needs rise up all the time. You see, sacrificially, Remember love, the greatest gift? Sacrificially. And that's what Paul is saying here. He say, as, as he may prosper, this is uh, 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 like success, how it translates uh, based on the success. So you might be poor and give, you know, a, a quarter, a quarter a week into the, into the jar. You might be wealthy, give, you know, uh, 50 bucks a week into the jar, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks a week into the jar, $10,000 a week into the jar. Maybe your jar is virtual, you know, it's, it's on like you have a separate account. It's like, boom, I'm going to transfer money over here. Doesn't matter. The, the amount doesn't matter. The heart is what matters. Needs that arise and there's a need that happened in Jerusalem. 
he says that there be no collections when I come in verse, the end of verse 2. So it's like, wait a second, you're saying collection, but then no collection? Well, it's not to say that, there. you know, <clears throat> Paul comes at once and says, okay, uh, we have this need in the church, and it's like a, like a one lump sum. He says, no, instead of one lump sum, just do it weekly. Gather the money weekly. Make it a weekly sacrifice. Make it a weekly sacrifice. He says this in verse 3, And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. Remember the diaspora. Poor people in Jerusalem. Now, it's also important to remember that the leaven has been dealt with. Okay? Very important to remember that the leaven has been dealt with. Just to pick an arbitrary number, say the church in Corinth collects $50,000. $50,000. You know, you have poor people, you have rich people, and the, 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 the sum that was collected was $50,000. The defunct pastor says, you know, if Paul didn't address the leaven, say the leaven hadn't been dealt with, you know, uh, people's feelers didn't want to be hurt. So the leaven hadn't been dealt with. And so we have this need in the church. We have $50,000 and it needs to go to Jerusalem. A guy raises his hand. A group of guys, you know, say a couple guys and a couple gals, they raise their hand. We'll go, we'll go as a team. They raise their hand. The pastor says, okay, cool. You guys do it. Here's the $50,000. You guys go do it. And then all of a sudden, this, gr- this group of four people, you know, so-called godly people. Wow, look at what the- they take all their selfies. You know, look how they take their pictures where they're studying the Bible. They take their pictures. Wow, look how holy we are. Look how all- they do-, do it all for the gram. You know, look how cool we are. They get to Jerusalem. Look, this is from the church in Corinth. Here's $5,000. The church in Jerusalem, they're like, wow, $5,000, praise be, praise be to the Lord. Thank you, you guys are so awesome. You guys are so, you know, uh, uh, godly. Wow, you sacrificially did all these things. Unbeknownst to the church in Corinth and unbeknownst to the church in, in Jerusalem, there's a $45,000 deficit. What happened? What happened? Well, because the leaven wasn't dealt with, and I'm just giving an example if the leaven hadn't been dealt with, because the leaven hasn't, hadn't been dealt with, you have four people who said, me, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. The pastor says, okay, we have this need. I'm going to choose some warm bodies. So you, 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 and you, you go. Two guys, two gals. And on their journey from Corinth to Jerusalem, that $45,000 deficit, you know how it's accounted for? They went to Vegas. They got their drugs from Chiapas, Mexico. They did their sexual stuff. You know, two guys, two gals. They did their sexual stuff. They got drunk. They got in a couple brawls. They had to, you know, pay the fee, they, the hotel fee, because they destroyed the hotel room. And they get to Jerusalem. You know, they've sobered, sobered up overnight. And now they get to Jerusalem. Here, here's the $5,000 from the church in Corinth. Now, I'm giving an extreme example. But the leaven hasn't been dealt with, you know, if the leaven hadn't been dealt with. And that's what's so beautiful about when the Lord cleans house. Now, there are painful aspects of the Lord cleaning house because it's like, wow, you know, this guy is like out of the church. You know, anybody named a brother who's a sexually immoral, a reviler, an extortioner, don't even eat with such a person. Wow, that's it's painful. It's like, wow, I, you have a choice to make. Yes, it's painful, but... That's the bitter side, the, the, the sweet side, the beautiful side is here in verse 3. Whomever you approve by your letters, it's like, wow, look at this pool of people. It's not just some guy saying, me, 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 or a lady saying, me, 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 I'll take it. No, it's this remnant. 
It's somebody who's not an extortioner, not a drunkard, not a reviler, not sexually immoral. They're going to take $50,000 from Corinth and $50,000 to Corinth. No deficits. No deficits. There might be like, you know, a $10 deficit, $20 deficit to, to cover expenses. You know, a little hotel fee. You know, maybe a $100 expense, you know. You know what I'm saying? I stayed in an $8 a night motel room. It's pretty bad. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but, you know, maybe like a $200 deficit. Just, you know, me and breakfast, lunch, dinner for a couple of days. The hotel, you know, traveling expense. I could understand that. But 50K to 50K, you know, no deficit. Maybe a little deficit for expenses, but, you know, no deficits. That's why it's so beautiful when the, the Lord cleans house. It's painful. And the Lord clean. I mean, look at our study in the Old Testament when the Lord cleans house. It's painful. It's necessary, but it's also beautiful for the remnant. You see that in the Old Testament. You see that in the New Testament. He says, and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters... It's just a common, you know, we're so spoiled now where we have the, you know, social media, we have the, all these apps, we have phones, we have texting, emails, but back then it was just the runners, letters, 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 letters. He was said, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. And it's so beautiful because you see the, the fruit of the Lord, people are partaking in this ministry. Paul's not micromanaging. No micromanaging. He's overseer. And so now there's this runner who, yes, there was this, this division in the church where the leaven has been dealt with, but now this person who's not an extortioner, male, female, it doesn't matter, maybe a male and a female, maybe a group of males and a group of females, a team of people. You see? But they, no, no extortioner, no reviler, no sexually immoral. They're all about the Lord's business. You see? How beautiful is this when we see this? How beautiful. Now you look at the church, the state of the church today, you see just the opposite. Do you know why? Because you have the man-pleaser pastors, the man-pleaser teachers, the man-pleaser elders who don't want to hurt people's feelers. Leaven, in all cases, leaven has to be addressed. And if you're a pastor, if you're an elder, the leaven has to be addressed in you first. You first. You cannot be a hypocrite. Remember our study in Romans 2? Listen or if you're a pastor, listen or study Romans 2, you cannot be a hypocrite. You cannot, you must not be a hypocrite because you sow seeds of judgment to yourself. And let not many be teachers because you're held to a much stricter account. You cannot be a hypocrite. Oh, don't do drugs. Meanwhile, you're a crackhead. Oh, don't do sex. Meanwhile, you're a sex head. Oh, don't do the alcohol. Meanwhile, you're an alcoholic. You can't do that. You're sowing seeds of judgment unto yourself. Very important to understand. You cannot be a hypocrite. You have to be dead. You have to be a dead man walking. When I say dead, crucified with Christ. Carrying your cross. Crucified with Christ. Right? Make a specific mention. You know, in, in uh, uh, when Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Praise be to the Lord. But that's Paul who says that. I am crucified with Christ. Can you, can I say, I am crucified with Christ? Well, you have to look at the fruit. You see? Oh, yeah, I'm a crackhead. I'm a sexhead. I'm an alcoholic. Well, you're not crucified with Christ. But I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Praise be the Lord. Carry your cross. Carry your cross. of your The instrument of your death. Carry it. 
Now, when you do that, you reckon the old man dead, the old woman dead, and you are crucified with Christ. You don't do that, you're, you're not dead. You're still in Adam. You need to be in Christ. That's what's so beautiful about, you know, when the leaven is dealt with. I don't say that like, you know, how beautiful it is to kick this guy out. How beautiful it is to kick this lady out. No, it's not like that. But how beautiful is it when there's order in the church, when the Lord's house is clean and kept clean? You see, a guy has problem with drugs. Okay, let's talk about it. You see your friend over here, you know, the, the, the dealer? Cut that friendship off. Friendship off. Don't do that anymore. You see this guy over here who's doing the sex? Okay. Get rid of your computers. Go analog. Have an analog lifestyle. Get rid of your computers. This guy who's an alcoholic over here? Let me open up your, your pantry, your little, your little alcohol bin. You open it up. It's like you see all this alcohol. Okay, let's dump these in the sink. Oh, but that's expensive. You know, I, I, in total, there's about $5,000 worth of alcohol there. But look what it's doing to your life. Look what it's done to your marriage. Look at what it's done to your kids. Look at your kid who's now in foster care because, you know, the, the state is taking the ownership of him because you, you beat on him when you're drunk. And you're worried about this $5,000 liquor? You see? That's what happens. I, I say these extremes because it's happening. And to also give an example of like, wow, this is the extreme. But the leaven has to be dealt with. You can't be a man pleaser. If you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, you can't be a man pleaser. You be a God pleaser. And in so doing, you are going to please the remnant. But you're pleasing the Lord. The leaven, they're going to hate you. <laughs> the leaven will hate you. The leaven will call you crazy. The leaven will say, you're such a legalist. The leaven will say, you're so stupid. Oh, look, we're doing this ministry. Look, we're runners. Look, we're, we're church treasurers. Look, we do this ministry. But they're living. See? You're so crazy. Meanwhile, they're reading their crazy love books. See? <laughs> Who's the crazy one? <laughs> but I digress. It's another sign of the last days. Another sign of the last days. In verse uh, 4, he says, But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now, do you remember? Paul is on a different timeline. Now, when I say there's overlap from our study in Acts, do you remember when uh, 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 the Holy Spirit was minister ministering to Paul that chains and tribulation await him? And that was to Jerusalem, to go to Jerusalem. And the apostles, his entourage of people, you know, and the apostles that joined and, and, and were alongside him, said, don't go to Jerusalem, don't go to Jerusalem. But yet the Spirit was testifying, you're going to Jerusalem, Paul. You're going to Jerusalem. You see, and if there was alignment with this runner who was taking money from Corinth to, to, uh, 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 to Jerusalem, non-leaven, emphasis on non-leaven runner, ministry, Paul's not micromanaging. If there was a little alignment with the timeline, then okay, you know, I'll, I'll join you. Paul would say, I'll, I'll, I'll go with them. If it is fitting that I go also, they'll, they'll go with me. They'll, they'll join me because I'm going to Jerusalem too. In verse 5, Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. You know, it's, it's so interesting here because we see overlap from Acts 20. And in Acts 20, remember, Acts 20 verse 22, we see that he's bound in the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. Bound in the Spirit. So what, what's so powerful about this, it's like you see a little in this overlap, 
you see not only the the hands and the feet of Paul, but you also see like, wait, wait a second. He's also writing letters to the church. He's also exhorting the church. In the morning, you know, making tents, afternoon, making tents, selling all these and take the, the funds from that. And he provides for his entourage. OK, this is our food for the day, provides for the entourage. We're going to sleep over here and it's going to cost this much. But don't worry about it. You know, I'm, we're going to use the funds from the tents and don't worry about it. And the whole time people are learning that his, his entourage, I say entourage, but we'll see what, I mean, just keep that in mind. It's entourage, but it's a little, it's like a, a yo-yo entourage. I'll explain that. You'll, you'll see it. Yo-yo entourage. And so the whole time this yo-yo entourage, they're learning. They're learning, wow, you know, Paul is doing this. He makes the tents. He does this. And then he teaches like this. And oh my gosh, he, he, teach, he taught for, you know, all night long. All night long. And I thought he was going to stop at midnight. But no, he kept on going. When is he going to stop? It's like, okay, we're, you know, we're at the end of this subject matter. Okay, whew, man, get some, get some shut-eye now. He gets to the end of the subject matter. And then he keeps on going. Like, what? The, 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 this entourage, this yo-yo entourage, they're learning. They're like sponges. They're learning. They're understanding. Paul is showing them as a pattern himself. And so look what happens here in verse 6. He says in verse 6, and it, I love, if you're a pastor, if you're a ministry leader, pastor, elder, whatever capacity, highlight verse 6. And it, well, I'll explain it. You can determine if you want to highlight it. But if you're a ministry leader, I strongly urge that you highlight. But it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you. That you may send me on my journey wherever I go. <laughs> why, what's such a big deal about verse 6? I'll tell you why. Paul, a titan in the faith. Not to exalt, exalt Paul, but to exalt Christ in him. Nothing's definitive here. There's nothing definitive. You talk to the logistics of ministry leaders. The, the, the ministry leaders and how they arrange the logistics of this, of that. I can't tell you how many pastors, they kind of uh, laugh at me when, uh, you know, on the receiving end of this mocking. Because I go, what's your 10-year plan for ministry? What's your five-year plan for the ministry? It's like, wait, I don't even have a five-day plan for the ministry. Let alone a five-hour plan. If the Lord says, go here, I go there. If the Lord says, do this, I do that. I don't even have a, 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 people think I'm crazy. You talk to these ministry leaders. What's your five-year plan? I don't know. What's your 10-year plan? I don't know. Understand, you don't control the ocean. You don't control the waves. Say, for example, I say, hey, let's go surfing in the morning. Let's go surfing tomorrow morning. Okay. So we get in Southern California. We get in a truck. Put our boards in the back and we go, you know, we drive to the coast. And here we are, you know, say we live in a coastal town. It takes us five minutes to get there. So we get there and we're like, wow, we're going to have so much fun. You know, we have our suits on and we go, we, we go out into the ocean. We paddle out, we're on the way. We paddle out, paddle, 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 paddle. And then we turn around and we just sit there and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there. It's just you and me. We have a nice conversation. We start laughing you know, all these things. It's like, wow, I thought we were going to be surfing. No, it turns out the, 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 no waves, no waves. Hey, let's go, let's go back to shore and get some tacos. So we paddle back to shore, get some tacos. 
So here we are sitting on a bench eating our tacos and we see the wave, we see the white, the white, the white, the crashing waves, we see the white, the cresting. It's like, wow, you know, it's starting to get some activity here. Okay, we finish up our tacos and then we go out to the shore, we paddle out and all of a sudden we start surfing. There we are surfing. That's why I like to say in ministry, ride the wave, ride the wave. You don't control, you don't control the ocean. You don't control the wind. There's nothing that you control. I mean, you can control self, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, self-control. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> That's it. All these ministry leaders, what are the, let's work out the logistics of this. What is your 10-year plan for ministry? What is your five-year plan for ministry? Look at Paul. In verse 6, it may be. Look, at, There's nothing definitive there. It may be that I'll remain or even spend the winter with you. That you may send me on my, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. I love this so much because Paul is just a sail. He's a vessel. He has a sail up, and where the wind blows, the wind blows. I don't mean like you know aimlessly. Where the Holy Spirit leads, where the Holy Spirit guides. Let this be a tremendous comfort for ministry leaders. Or if you're thinking about and praying about going into ministry, if the Lord is directing you into ministry. You know, the wind in your sail, you can't control. The wind in your sail is from the Lord. You just ride the wave. Let your sail be filled with that wind of the Lord. And He will direct, He will guide. You see? What is your 10-year plan? I don't, ten, I don't even have a 10-hour plan, a 10-day ten, ten plan. It's so cool because it's the Lord that guides. Be of good cheer because, you know, look at verse 6. There is no, nothing definitive with Paul. It may be this, it may be that, or maybe the winter, wherever I go. Look at verse 7. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. I love this so much. He's not, he's not saying, it's saying like, I just want to pass through Corinth. Say hi, then say bye. No, I want to stay with you guys. I want to stay in town for a while. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have coin. I want to join in your koinonia. You see? Paul's love for the saints in Corinth, but even still, it's the Lord who's calling the shots. It's the Lord who's calling the shots. He's the head of the church. He is the head pastor. If the Lord permits, he says in verse 8, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. This is where we start to see even more overlap from our study in, in, uh, 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 in Acts. Because remember, Paul wanted to be in Jerusalem at Pentecost. He made specifics. So there was like a general timeline. Okay, you know, at this time, I really want to try and be in Jerusalem at Pentecost. Why? Well, he reveals that here in verse 9. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Now, let's pause here for a moment. We pause here for a moment for a reason. I can't tell you how many times people have said, Oh yeah, the, the, you know, even I myself. Oh yeah, the Lord is opening doors. The Lord is it's closing doors. We have to be very careful with that. You say, wait a second, why? how can we be careful? That's a good thing. You know, we have to have this discernment. Yes, we have to have this discernment. But when I say we have to be careful, we have to be careful with Adam and Christ. Your way according to Adam or your way according to Christ. And your way according to Christ isn't, you remember, you're just riding the wave. 
I mean, ministry-wise, you're just riding the wave. We can exercise self-control, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times when, you know, you hear people say, oh, yeah, the Lord is opening these doors. It's like, wait a second. Is that your carnal nature or is that the spirit? But the Lord is closing these doors. Okay, you know, let, let's let's analyze this. Let's let's pause here for a moment. Let's be patient. I can't tell you how many times it's happened. Oh, yeah, you know, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? Sure, let's talk. Okay. What's up? What's the situation? Well, you know, the Lord is directing me over here. Okay, you know, let's test the spirits. Is it the Lord? Well, you know, I, I think it's the Lord. This is what the Lord put on my heart. Okay, that doesn't match up with scripture. So it's probably another spirit, a demon. You want to be open up to the pneumo? So it's probably a demon. Oh, how dare you say that? Okay, let's analyze this. What is it that the Lord put on your heart? Oh, he wants me to do this. Okay, let's read the Bible. The Bible says that's an abomination. Okay, so don't do it. It's, it's kind of easy. It's like counseling 101. And then, you know, I, I, the easy, the application of Scripture, you know, the, the, the receiving end, you know, how a person takes it, that's not so easy. But so you see here, it's like, wait a second, so, but the Lord is opening the door. These, the Lord is opening the doors. Okay, so, so let's say, you know, okay, the, the, the Lord put this on your heart. It aligns with Scripture. Are there any other, it is also written, I don't know. Okay, well, study, you know, be patient, study more, and see if there are any other, it is also written. I'll tell you right off the top of my head, I already know like five other, it is also written. Here's one of them. You want another? Here's another. Find three more. Find five more. I'll give you a hint. You know, study Zephaniah. And when you're done with the Zephaniah, study Exodus. And when you're done with Exodus, look at Luke. And when you're done with Luke, Look at First uh, Peter. You see, it's you know that's uh, part of counseling. And so finally, it's like okay, <clears throat> the Lord has closed this door. Are you sure? Oh yeah, certainly the Lord has closed this door. Okay, but let's look at First Corinthians sixteen, verse nine. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Now, I bring this up. You say, wow, he's really camping out at verse 9 for a while. What's, the, what's, what's up? Well, here's what's up. This door that opened to Paul is a door that he walked through. But it's also a door that led to his death. It led to his imprisonment. It led to danger. It led to many adversaries. And we studied the book of Acts. Many adversaries. A conspiracy to kill him. Multiple conspiracies to kill him. And in his imprisonment, ultimately led to his death, his beheading. That's the open door for Paul. Now, carnally speaking, a person might say, Oh, the Lord closed that door. It, it was too dangerous. Don't forget. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. This door is open for Paul, and it's the Holy Spirit who's been testifying in every city that ch chains and tribulations await Paul and is directing Paul to Jerusalem. This door is opened, and that door is the door of persecution. That door is the door of his death. Now, if you and I were in a time machine, 
We can go back in time and say, Paul, don't go, don't go. They're going to kill you. You're going to die, Paul. He would turn around. I'm dead already. I'm crucified with Christ. Here you see me alive. But I died in Damascus. Here you see me alive. But to live is Christ. To die is better. Is gain. I'm dead appalled. They're going to kill you. Don't go. Don't go. I'm dead already. You see? Be very careful with these doors. You know, the, you know oh, the Lord is closing the door. The Lord is opening the door. Is it carnally motivated? And don't ever, ever, ever forget 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Highlight it. Because this door that opened to Paul led to his death. Crucified with Christ. And so, let's look what happens here in verse 10. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear. I love this so much. Little Timmy. Little, little Timmy. Remember our study on Wednesday, you know, how uh, uh, Phineas has uh, uh, his papa and his grandpa, you know, uh, Grandpa Aaron. You know, how beautiful is it for little Phineas to have that influence, godly influence, not the worldly influence, but a godly influence, you know. Uh, Aaron repented already. So the golden calf, that's history. That is history and forgotten because it's repented of. Now look at Aaron. He was high priest. Yeah, he died. But, you know, there was that little overlap of time to where there was that influence of Papa and Grandpa together. A little uh, trifecta of godliness, you know. Uh, uh, grandpa, Dad, and Grandbaby. Grandson. And look how beautiful Phineas was used as a, when he used the javelin. Standing up for the Lord. And as a, as a result, the Lord blessed him with shalom, shalom. Remember, we studied that on Wednesday. And so we have this family that we see in our study in Numbers on Wednesday. But now look at this, little Timmy. Yes, he has a worldly dad and a worldly mom. I mean, I don't mean worldly, but, you know, uh, of the flesh. I don't mean worldly like, you know, they're doing sinful things. But I mean worldly like, you know, of the flesh. He has his carnal dad, carnal mom. I shouldn't say carnal, but of the flesh, I'll say. But he also, Eunice and Lois, you know, grandma, grandma, uh, grandma and, and, and mom and grandma. Eunice and Lois. And it was prophesied. Prophesied that Timothy would be a vessel of the Lord, used of the Lord. Now, picture, you know, uh, dad of Timothy and mom of Timothy. They train, they train little Timmy as much as they can. They've maxed out. They don't, they don't have the, the understanding that Paul has. They don't have this knowledge base that Paul has. They don't have that gift of the Spirit. Now, they do have knowledge, but not like Paul. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's not so Paul can be like, look how awesome I am. No. He says the greatest gift is love. Those who know, know in part, and knowledge will fail. So a prophecy will fail, but love never fails. The greatest gift, we've studied it already, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. So, dad, dad, Timothy's dad and Timothy's mom. Uh, Paul, we've maxed out. We've taught him as, as best we can. We've poured into him as best we can. And yet, it was prophesied that he was going to be used of the Lord and mighty in the Lord. And we don't know what to do, Paul. Can, can you take him under your wing? Paul, okay. I'll take him under my wing. 
He's going to, you know how hard it is for a parent to let go of their kid? A mom or a dad, probably more so for the mom because the mom birthed that child. You know how hard it is for a mom to let go of a child? Speak to a mom who's let go of a child. Speak to a mom who's lost a child. Death of a child. It's devastating. It's like, you. It, it, that pain is always going to be there. That pain is always going to be there. And it will help you look forward to paradise. But for Paul, can you take my son under your wing and teach him in fulfillment of this prophecy? Now, remember, we have modern day church in mind. I mean, you hear me say that, you know, Paul, if we have modern day church in mind and you hear me say, here, Paul, take my kid. It was prophesied that he was going to be a vessel of the Lord. And you're thinking like, what? All, the, the, all these prophets I see today, they're crazy. Yes, they are crazy. And you're going to give this kid to this guy? That's crazy. Okay, we're talking about dead people. We're talking about people who are crucified with Christ. You know, we're not, you know, it was prophesied that my son is not some, you know, the, the, the TV preacher, the TV prophet. No, these are people, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit who have the gift of prophecy. And somebody said it. You know, Timothy's going to be a teacher in the Lord. People's going to, uh, uh, t- t- little Timmy is going to be used of the Lord. And so all of a sudden, in fulfillment of that, you know, the parents of Timothy, Paul, can you take him under your wing? Okay, let's go. And so the parents, there they are. They're standing there and they watch Paul walk away and underneath his arm is little Timmy. They're watching their son. Picture the mom watching the son whom she birthed walking away. Being sad of like, yes, that the son's walking away, but then also being in comfort that he's going with Paul. He's not going with, you know, Joe Schmo, Joe Schmuckatelli. He's going with Paul, a vessel of the Lord. He's in Paul's hands. Okay, so that happens now. One of the first things Paul does with Timothy, circumcise him. Circumcise him. You say, well, that's pretty hardcore. Don't forget, in Timothy's home, his parents were Jew and Gentile. So he was uh, a mixed race. He wasn't a purebred, uh, pure you know, he wasn't purebred, a purebred Jew. So he goes in the synagogue, the, 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 the religious leaders, the Judaizers, Timothy, you can't come in here. Paul, you can come in here because you're a Jew. But you can't come in here, Timothy. Imagine Timothy as a young, picture what he, the, the, the flack he got growing up, made fun of growing up. Oh, you're, 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 you're a dirty, you're a dirty Jew. You're not real, you know, you're, you have Jew and Gentile blood, you're, you're mixed race. You're so dirty. Remember, in Christ, there's no Jew and Gentile. So now he finds a little bit of solace in Christ, but still, the, you know, when you talk to a child, it's like, they have this curiosity, this wonder, like, you know, what, what is this, what is this? And in the right hands, in the parental hands, and in God-fearing hands, beautiful. Beautiful. Because a God-loving and God-fearing parent, a beautiful and God-fearing mom and dad, a beautiful God-fearing Paul. Say, hey, this, let's, let's, let's talk. This is what it is. Look what the Bible says. And the person can come into their identity in Christ. A young person coming into their identity in Christ. But then you have sickos today. You have the wolves today. 
who will talk to a child, a child with all these questions, valid questions, burgeoning questions, what is eager to understand. Then you have the freak shows come into town. Oh, this is what it means. You feel like a woman? Okay, you're a woman. You feel like a boy? Okay, you're a boy. Forget what biology, forget the science. They say, trust the science, but only aligns with, with, aligns with you know, what we want. We'll trust the science here, but we won't trust the science here. For, let's, not, let's just forget what the chromosomes say. So little Timmy, growing up, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the parents, Paul, take him under your wing. Walks away with Paul. First thing Paul does, circumcise. You know, circumcise as a kid is one thing. As a baby, one thing, because you forget about it. Circumcise as an adult, <laughs> you won't forget that. <laughs> so, so I don't mean, you know, he was an adult, but he could remember, you know, so all of a sudden it's like, okay, so he's circumcised and he, you know, heals up and now they go into synagogue. They go into synagogue. Remember that was Paul's custom to enter the synagogue so he can re reason with the Jews. And now he has Timothy, Timothy, Tim, little Timmy with him. So they say, oh, this guy can't come in. Why? He's a Jew. No, he's not. He's mud blood. No. Here, let's go to this little side room. You want to inspect? Go ahead and inspect. He's Jew. Okay, Timmy, go ahead and go in. You go with Paul. So now Timmy's in synagogue with Paul. Now, I know Timothy, little Timmy had this idea of like, you know, when you hear me say like, in order to be in a dangerous world, you yourself need to be dangerous. Have you ever seen... Okay, so picture Timmy, okay, never been in synagogue. He was because he's been considered a, a dirty Jew because he had a, a Gentile parent. I mean, in Christ, you know, there's no Jew or Gentile, but that's in Christ. You go to synagogue, that's not in Christ. I mean, you know, Paul's a fisher of men. So he goes to synagogue to go fishing. The reason with the Jews, because he, he, he would desire that he would be anathema from Christ for, for the sake of his own countrymen, that they come to Christ. What a trade-off. Look at the heart of Paul. Paul says, I would rather burn in hell if all my countrymen, I would trade my life for theirs. That's how dead he was. That's how dead he was, crucified with Christ. So little Timmy, okay, you know. Here the adults are talking. He's sitting in, in synagogue. Okay, the adults are talking. I'll just let them talk. Kind of scared, like I've never been in synagogue before. I've always been kicked out. I've never gone beyond the threshold of the property line. And here I am. I've, I've gone through the property line. I've actually entered the threshold of the door. I'm sitting in, in synagogue. And, you know, I'm with Paul. I'm with, you know, Brother Paul. Uncle Paul. I mean, I don't know what he called him. I was, you know, the Uncle Paul. And... I don't know what he's going to say, but, you know, and then all of a sudden they, you know, bring everything into order. The, 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 the priest comes out. There's an opening prayer. He's like, wow, I've never experienced this before. Wow. You know, I love the Lord. This is like exciting, you know, just, wow, you know, and yes, we're Christians, but I've never, I'm a Jew. I've never experienced this. I've never like, wow, should I be here? I don't know. And then the priest says, and then they say they they do a little study. And then, you know, the, the, the people with knowledge, they would start to discuss certain things. You know, like, okay, this means, and then they, Paul, do you have anything to say? Paul stands up. <laughs> Little Timmy, he gets to see the type of fighter that Paul is. 
He he might have seen, you know, when, when Paul was engaging other people in one area, but now he's the first time in synagogue. In synagogue. And he gets to see how he reasoned with other religious leaders. Referencing Isaiah, referencing Exodus, referencing the Pentateuch. You know, this means this, this goes here. It is also written here. It is also written there. And he gets to see firsthand, whoa, Uncle Paul, what in the world? Like he, like he had no idea. And that's just his first time in synagogue. This is what little Timothy has been accustomed to in his journey with Paul. In his walk with Paul. I say his walk with Christ because, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So he's walking with Paul, but he's also walking to paradise. Paul's just a vessel. But he gets to see firsthand, like, oh my goodness, Paul. Like, Paul, I knew, I knew that you knew something, but whoa, this is like blowing me away. He gets to see Paul reasoning. One religious leader saying, oh yeah, but... You know, this says this. And Paul says, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because this says this, but have you not read? And just boom, 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 people asking questions. And then all of a sudden, the Greeks who were in a separate chamber, they were hearing these things and they were starting to believe, starting to be convinced of Jesus Christ. And they started to believe. Now these Greeks that were, you know, God-fearing Jews, or God-fearing Greeks, but they were in a separate chamber in synagogue. And they had money. You know, this is like a means by which the synagogue would financially, this financial survivability, financial viability of the synagogue. And now the religious leaders start to get mad. If these people leave the synagogue, the, the Greeks are starting to, to believe, and, you know, we're going to lose our funding. Now these other religious leaders... They're starting to believe we're going to lose our fun. Paul is an enemy. Let's kill him. I heard what happened in Jerusalem. Let's kill him. He's, he's going to destroy the synagogue. And Timothy experiences that too. Going from town to town, being chased by the religious leaders. We got to kill him. We got to kill him. Little Timmy is experiencing all of this. He's learning the cost of being a Christian. He's learning sound doctrine. Now you hear me say the yo-yo, this entourage, this yo-yo entourage. And I don't mean yo-yo in a worldly sense. I mean yo-yo in a beautiful sense in terms of Timothy's in the hands of Paul. You know, you take a yo-yo. You put the little ring in your finger, the little string ring in your finger, and you do the flick of the wrist, they send it down, and then you flick up the wrist and you send it up. And it comes up and you do that over and over and over and over. And up, down, up, down, up. Down, up. Yo-yo. And that's what Timothy's like in the hands of Paul. But in the hands of Paul, it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. In the hands of Joe Schmuckatelli, that's dangerous. In the hands of an apostate, dangerous. In the hands of a freak show, dangerous. In the hands of a wolf, dangerous. In the hands of a hypocrite, dangerous. In the hands of carnal, dangerous. You don't need me to tell you this is dangerous. But in the hands of a dead man crucified with Christ, Paul, who says, follow me as I follow Christ, imitate me as I imitate Christ, it's safe for Timothy. Timothy is learning how to be dangerous. In a dangerous world, Paul is dangerous. 
in a dangerous world physically, Paul is dangerous spiritually. And Timothy's learning that and has learned that. But he still has to spread his wings and fly, so to speak. And so he says in verse 10, if, T if Timothy comes to you, see that he may be with you without fear, without fear, because he has to learn how to fly. So imagine that Timothy now, he's been with Paul, he's learned Paul, he's, he's seen dangerous Paul, Uncle Paul. He's been with Uncle Paul all this time. And now Paul says, okay, Timothy, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to go to Corinth. <laughs> okay, Timothy, when are we going, Uncle Paul? No, 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 little Timmy. I want you to go solo. Picture, <laughs> picture, put yourself in Timmy's shoes. What? <laughs> this whole time I've gone with you, Paul, and it was safe because I was with you, but you want me to go by myself now? Picture the fear of Timothy. Maybe anxiety of Timothy. You say, oh, we're supposed to be anxious for nothing. Yeah, we're supposed to be anxious for nothing, but anxiety and fear is still... It's still part of life. It's still part of life. Now, what do we do with that anxiety and fear? We give it to the Lord. We give it to the Lord. You give it to the Lord. I give it to the Lord. So little Timmy now. Okay, Paul, I thought you were going to go with me. Picture Timmy's journey. Step by every step was probably painful. It was probably like, you know, a faster pace at the beginning. But towards the end, as he got closer to Corinth, maybe a little slower pace, <laughs> as he started to realize, like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What are, like, Picture Satan. How Satan can capitalize on the emotions. How Satan can capitalize on the feelings. You see? All these things. And so Paul says to the church in Corinth, a little advanced notice. If Timothy comes to you, receive him. And, and let him receive him so that he doesn't have any fear. You know, with open arms, receive him. You see how beautiful this is? Now, also understand the leaven has been dealt with. Picture the sexually immoral. If the leaven hadn't been dealt with, picture the sexually immoral, the reviler, the drunkard, the extortioner, still in the fellowship. Still in the fellowship, Timmy comes to town. I don't know what Satan might have been, you know, putting on his, you know, whispering in his ear. Oh, you know, you're, you're afraid of this, Timothy. Do you remember when you were a kid and they called you a dirty Jew? That's what you are, Timothy. You're a dirty Jew. You're a dirty Jew. You're not purebred. You've got a Gentile, a Gentile mom and Gentile, your parents, you know, not, not full, a full blood. You got a Gentile parent, parents that are Jew and Gentile? What are you doing with Paul? Why, why are you in here? And all of a sudden they start to question. Paul starts to question, or Timothy starts to question. I mean, I'm just giving an example if he did start to question. And so picture those whispers that Timothy might have heard going to Corinth, and then all of a sudden Corinth, and then being received by Corinth with leaven being received by leaven. Picture how Satan can further capitalize on Timothy's heart. If the leaven were still, oh yeah, Timothy, Timothy's coming to town. Come shack up with us, Timothy. Look, this is my very, just a bachelor's pad. Come shack up with us, Timothy. 
We're gonna go get drunk tonight. We're gonna go to the strip clubs tonight. And our other friend, he, you know, he's also a Christian. He's bringing the finest crack from Chiapas, Mexico. We're gonna get high. We're gonna get baked. We're gonna get drunk. And then we're gonna go to the strip club. There's gonna be all these ladies. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. You see how Satan can further capitalize on little Timmy? But no, the leaven has been dealt with. Such people like that, they're gone. They're outside the camp. The leaven has been dealt with. You see how beautiful when leaven is dealt with? Look at the safety for the body. Look at the safety of dealing with leaven. If you're a pastor, elder, you cannot be a man pleaser. You have to deal with the leaven. Now, dealing with the leaven includes talking with the brother, talking with the sister. Hey, like, look, this crack isn't good. I use big ticket items. This sexual stuff, don't do this. I heard about this and I, you know, I saw your social media, you know, this isn't good. You know, the, the Bible gives indication of what the, the household of a pastor, of what the household of an elder has to look like. And if those don't, you know, come to snuff, if those don't align with scripture, you have to do something, pastor. Now, if you have a defunct pastor and you're a godly elder, you have to do something, elder. You have to have a talk with that pastor. And maybe even tell the pastor, hey, you need to pray about this, but you know, you need to go on hiatus. And pray if, if the Lord even called you to be a pastor because you call yourself a pastor, but you're getting drunk, you know, you're going to Vegas, you're doing your drunk, you're doing your sex, you're doing your alcohol, you're doing your drugs. And that is anathema to Christ. You are introducing these things to the flock of God. No, that cannot be. Pastor, you call yourself a pastor, but you ain't a pastor. Biblically speaking, now the elder becomes the pastor. You see? Look at little Timmy. When Paul says here in verse 10, And if Timothy comes, see that he may be, that he may be with you without fear. The leaven is gone. Look how safe it is for Timmy. And not just Timmy, for the body because of what Timmy is bringing to the church. Timmy, who is a student of Uncle Paul. So yes, he has the gift of knowledge. The gift of understanding, you know, because of his what he experienced. I mean, because of the spirit. But, you know, look at what, what the, the wing that he was under, Paul. Uncle Paul. So what Timmy is bringing is beautiful for the remnant. For the body. But the leaven has to be dealt with. You see? You tell if you're a pastor, you tell a brother, you tell a sister, look, don't do the crack, don't do the sex. This friend that you have that wants you to go to the strip club, don't go. You need to cut that off. Cut that. You know, he calls, just say no. You have a girl that wants to do the sex. You have a guy that wants to do the sex. You need to cut that off. I mean, if you're married, you know, you, you know that's good. But I mean, if you're not married, don't do it. You're in sin. You need to be right with the Lord. You see? And then if it's like year number one, year number two, or, you know, I say year number one, year number two, because of course, you know, arrested development for three years. I say three years because all you got to do is count. You know, when Paul leaves Corinth, <clears throat> 
Paul leaves Corinth. You see he's in Corinth in, in Acts 18, verse 11. He's there a year and six months. But then he leaves Corinth. And then he goes into, uh, 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 in Acts 18, uh, uh, 18 through 19, you see that, you know, he go, goes to Ephesus and he stayed there a while. But then in 19, verse 8, uh, chapter uh, Acts 19, verse 8, you see that, you know, he spoke boldly. He was in the synagogue. He spoke boldly for three months. And then you start counting the time period by which he left uh, uh, Corinth. You start counting in Acts 19, verse 10, uh, two years. He continued two years. And then uh, in, in Acts 20, verses you know, in two and three, you see, you know, the addition of months, and then he goes into a region. So all you do is count. Year one, year two, year three, okay. And then what happened during this three years, his absence from Corinth? What happened during that three years? Well, there was arrested development. No growth. And when there's no growth, Satan capitalized. And you have the works of the flesh. Instead of the works of the spirit, you have the works of the flesh. Now you do have the works of the flesh, but it's or the works of the spirit, but it's among the remnant. The works of the flesh that has to be dealt with its leaven. Leaven begetting leaven. And so look what we see here. Now little Timmy, he has this knowledge, he has this gift of the Spirit, it is prophesied for him, but now it's safe for him to go because he has this little timidity, a little timid timidity to his heart. Understandably, un completely understandable. I mean, this whole time he's been with Paul, under Paul's wing, and now he's outside of Paul's wing? Not really outside because it's a little yo He's like a yo-yo. Because Paul sends him out, like the little flick of the wrist. Paul sends him out, and then Paul, you know, flick up of the wrist, and he brings him back. So, you know, you hear me say Paul's entourage, but I say yo-yo entourage. Like in Acts 20, you see the, the uh, Miletus meeting with the elders of Ephesus. And how beautiful is it? You see this entourage. That's the entourage of, of, of Ephesus when he calls in the elders. But in the beginning of Acts 20, you see this, you know, the, this long Bible study. Long, long, long Bible study all night long. But that's like a special group of people. This entourage that's with Paul. Deep understanding of what Paul was teaching. And then at the same time, you know, these entourage, this entourage, it's not just an entourage like where Paul goes, there's this entourage because we're going to see, you know, Paul is alone in 2 Timothy. Only Luke is with me, he says to little Timmy. I shouldn't say little Timmy. That's like a moniker, my, my, my nickname for little Timmy. I'm going to, you know, we're going to be in our glorified bodies. Everybody's going to be eating their meal at the marriage supper. And I'm going to walk around like a little butterfly. Hey, has anybody seen Timothy? Where's Timothy? This big Brutus of a guy is going to stand up. Yeah, I'm Timothy. How can I help you? You know, it's like, whoa. I called you little Timothy, little Timmy this whole time. You're huge. So I say little Timmy, but that's my little nickname for him. Little Timmy. Because you look at, look at grandma and grandma, mom and grandma, raising him up, training him up. You see? And dad had a role too. But dad was working, you know, bring home the bacon so they, they can have a, a nice home. Not a nice home like a mansion, but a nice home like, you know, mom can teach. Grandma can teach. Pour into little Timmy. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. It's for the kingdom. It's for the Lord. It's for the kingdom. His kingdom. 
It's safe for Timmy. It's safe for the body. Look at the left, the, 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 it's like in, 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 in verse three. If the leaven hadn't been dealt with, what if it's the extortioner? Yeah, I'll take this money to, 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 to Jerusalem. I'll take this $50,000 to Jerusalem. Meanwhile, he gets to Jerusalem and it's $5,000. That $45,000 deficit, the accounting of that deficit is in the sex, the drugs. He went to Vegas. He went to the strip clubs. He did this. The finest crack from Chiapas, Mexico. I could care less. I don't care. Let it all burn in hell. And you know what? If that guy doesn't repent, he's going to burn in hell too. Repent. Old Testament, New Testament, repent, 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 repent. Why? Because the kingdom of God is coming. And God loves you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You see? Oh, you're so mean. You're so mean. How? That's not loving. Well, let's, let's let the Bible define love. Because the world has a definition for love. Love is love. Love is love. No hate. No hate. Love is love. You go to the world. Okay, what is love is love? This is what love is love. This is what it means. What? That's an abomination before the Lord. Love is love and you want to do that? That's an abomination before the Lord. That's what happens when Corinth comes into the church. 2,000 years ago, give or take a couple years. And today. That's what happens when Corinth comes into the church. You see? And when the leaven hasn't been dealt with, the leaven hates you. The leaven calls you a legalist. But they're leaven. They call you crazy. They call you stupid. They say, oh, you've lost your mind. You're so crazy. Crazy. Meanwhile, they read their crazy love books. You see? Behold the last days. Apostasy, or on their way to apostasy. Look what happens here in verse um, 10. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also do, you see. Like-minded. Paul says of Timothy, not here, but he says of Timothy, there's no one as like-minded who sincerely cares for your soul. That's Timmy, little Timmy. The relationship of little Timmy and Uncle Paul. Yeah, he has his mom. Yeah, he has his dad. Yeah, he has his grandma. But they let go. Not to a freak show. They let go. Not to an apostate. They let go. Not to a hypocrite. A guy who's crucified with Christ. Who says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's safe. In fulfillment of what was prophesied for the life of Timmy. Now this isn't like the TV prophecy. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit prophecy. Just as we studied in uh, uh, Acts 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of prophecy. Legit, like a fa- no, I shouldn't say a legitimate gift. It's straight up. It's not even. It's like I don't know if there's a word like beyond legitimate, like super legitimate, super legit. But that's what it is—a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
The leaven of today? Oh, that was for 2,000 years ago. That's the leaven speaking. That was for 2,000 years ago. That was for another dispensation. That's not for today. That's the leaven speaking. Never listen to leaven. It's dangerous. A lot of leaven gives counsel today. But it's foolishness. That's, a, that's the counsel of Adam. You see? In verse 11, therefore let no one despise him. I love this so much. Don't, the leaven has been dealt with. Do you know how many people would have despised little Timmy if the leaven hadn't been dealt with? Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to be hospitable. I'm going I'm to be a nice, good Christian and I'm going to open up my home to little Timmy. Little Timmy, come over here. Come, come join us. And you have the defunct pastor, the defunct elder. Oh, cool. Look, the Lord is doing, look, the Lord is providing. They call it the Lord. Look, the Lord is providing the defunct pastor who hasn't taught the, 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 the flock of God. The works of the flesh hadn't been dealt with. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Little Timmy, we got this nice little house for you. Go stay here with these guys. They're Christians. They're brothers in the Lord. Timmy gets there. Remember, he's a little timid, a little afraid. He's not under the wing of Paul. He gets in. Hello, I'm Timothy. The guy says, hello, I'm Fred. I'm whatever the names are. This is our bachelor pad. Look, you know, the doors are closed. The windows are shut. Nobody, nobody in the church is looking. And they start busting out their pipes. Busting out their pipes. Busting out their drug paraphernalia. They start watching their pornography. And Timmy, you know. This journey from, you know, uh, uh, with being with Paul, the journey into, into Corinth, you know, think of what Satan had been whispering in the ears of Timmy. And they, you know, attack, 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 attack. The whole time, Timmy with his shield up. Attack, attack, little dents in the armor. Attack, attack, attack. He gets into Corinth, attack, attack. He goes into this whole, this bachelor pad of leaven that hasn't been dealt with, attack, attack, attack. You see? No backup. No support. No Paul. No backup. Nobody to link shields. He's all by himself. But now, that's if the leaven hadn't been dealt with. But now that the leaven is dealt with, look at this smaller pool of people, this smaller remnant of people. Here we got $50,000. You, you take it to Jerusalem. Okay, 50000 Now 50000 arrives in Jerusalem. Or, you know, 4980 You know what I mean? Like, say there was like, a, you know, $200 missing because that... And, and he keeps his receipts, so everything lines up. So, okay, this is the hotel fee, this is the meal. You know, you didn't stay at, like, you know, a five-star hotel, you know. Everything just, everything aligns. Okay, here's the accounting. I had to eat, you know, I had to have dinner. Everything account is accounted for. Okay, here, $50,000 from Corinth, $50,000 to Jerusalem. Praise be to the Lord. The leaven has been dealt with. It's the remnant that's doing this. The remnant, this smaller remnant of people, the leaven has been dealt with, is now receiving of Timothy. Paul says, you know, let, 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 him, let him come to you and be without fear. Okay, look, 
The revilers, they're gone. The drunkards, they're gone. The sexually immoral, they're gone. They're outside the camp. Little Timmy, come here. Imagine like Satan has been whispering in his ear the whole time from Paul to, to Corinth. And now all of a sudden he comes to reinforcements. Thinking, oh, there's no, no attack there. And there might be attack, but it's going to be a lot lighter. Why? Because he's with the remnant. Oh, come here, Timothy. I don't know you, but I love you so much. Here, come here, Timothy. Let me give you a big fat hug. I love you so much. I heard about your exploits over here. I heard about your exploits over here. I heard about what you did with Paul and you were there. Oh, wow. Praise be to the Lord. We're so, so greatly encouraged. And now Paul, or P, Tim, little Timmy, who might have had like a little like, you know, a wide-eyed kind of scary look, all of a sudden it turns into a little smile. Oh, it's safe here. Reinforcements. I'm with my brothers. I'm with my sisters. You see? And all of a sudden, the, this barrage of attacks he, he received on his way to Corinth, all of a sudden, gone. Why? Because he's with the remnant. It's safe with the remnant. You see that guy who would have made fun of Timothy? Oh, Timothy, you're still a virgin. You're so stupid. Oh, my goodness. Look, let me take you to the temple of Diana. Fools. That's what's happening in the church today. When the leaven isn't dealt with. Yo, you're not loving. You're not loving. And they read their crazy love books. You see? Oh, lighten up, you know. It's just, it's just this, you know. No big deal. Just a little crack. No big deal. Just a little trip to the, to the strip club, you know. Boys will be boys. Little trip to the strip, strip club. No big deal. Boys will be boys. Stupid. Adam will be Adam. You see? No death. No crucifixion with Christ. No reckoning of the old man dead. No reckoning of the old woman dead. And the only means into paradise is death. You see? Christ. We're going to study that in numbers. First generation, dead. Second generation, alive to, to, uh, to the promised land. But the same thing according to our walk with Christ. You see, you have to be dead in Christ. In, or, in order to be in Christ, you have to be dead. Married to Christ. Married to Christ. Remember the annulment? We studied that in Romans. The annulment, you know, the better husband. We studied that. How beautiful is it for little Timmy to be received by the remnant? The mockers, the revilers, the drunkards, the extortioners, the sexually immoral, gone. Gone outside the camp. You see? Let's continue here in verse 11. Therefore, let no one despise him. Speaking about little Timmy, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me. Speak the yo-yo. He goes, you know, Paul sends him out. Boom. Corinth, you know, admonishes the church, comforts the church does this beautiful, beautiful thing in the church, for the church, for the kingdom. It's for the Lord. And Paul's not micromanaging. He's not there, okay, you know, Timmy, I'm right there with you and do this, this. No, he, Timothy had his time where he was right there with Paul. But now he has to flap his wings. He has to start to fly. And so Paul, yo, yo, he flicks the wrist up. And also he said in verse 11, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me. You see, the yo, yo, he may come to me. For I'm waiting for him with the brethren. See? I say yo-yo, but I don't mean that in a bad sense, you know, like, you know, toss to and fro. I mean yo-yo, like something beautiful, like 
Paul is an overseer. And Timothy is still in training, but in his training, he's still flapping. He needs to flap his wings because Paul's going to die. Paul knows he's going to die. Chains and tribulation await him. So now he starts sending people out. People have been with me. They've taught. I've, I've taught them. I've poured into them. And now they need to go out because chains and tribulations await me. And you know what? The, the Lord has opened this door. Praise be to the Lord. But I know that this door is open and I'm probably going to die. But who cares? I'm already, I've been dead already, you know. I'm on borrowed time. I should have died 20 years ago. I should have died whenever. I'm on borrowed time. I should have been dead long ago. The timing of the Lord is perfect. Look at verse 12. Now concerning our brother Apollos. You see how beautiful this is? This is another teacher, another esteemed teacher. This is another teacher that were, you know, was a cause, a, 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 a cause of division among the carnal people. Say, oh, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. That's Peter. And Paul says that we're nothing. That's what Paul says. We're, we're absolutely nothing. It's Christ who gives the increase. Who gives the increase. But he says, concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. I love this. <laughs> because look, at, even among Paul and Apollos, there's like no like, you know, the ministry leaders of today, if they were going in a time machine, oh, Paul, how dare you? You don't, you don't, you don't have uh, your, the logistics worked out of your ministry. Oh, Apollos, how dare you? You don't have the logistics worked out of your ministry? You know what they would say? No. See? You know, I'll give you, an, I'll, I'll say, say it in another term, in another, in another sense. You're, you're a surfer, and I say to you, you don't have the logistics of when the wave is going to crash. You don't have the logistics of when the perfect wave is going to come. You see how stupid that question is? Because you don't control the waves. Wind patterns change. Storm patterns change. The effect on a storm like miles away is going to impact the waves crashing here at the shore. It's stupid to say it's so... It's... You don't need me to say that. It's just dumb. Straight up dumb. And yet the ministry leaders of today, oh yeah, let's work out the logistics of this ministry. You don't control the ocean. You don't control the water. You know what you can do? You can exercise self-control, which is a gift of the Spirit. And you know what you do? Ride the wave. Ride the wave and serve like there's no tomorrow. You see? It's like, Apollos, you know, I strongly urge him, verse 12, I strongly urge him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at, the, at this time. However, he will come when there's a convenient time. Now, me personally, I think because <clears throat> the delay, this cause, you know, what uh, uh, Paul and Apollos, hey, you know, Apollos, go to Corinth. You know, they, they need the encouragement. Go to Corinth. I love that so much because, you know, like during the, uh, the three years of Arrested Development, they could have used Apollos. They could have really used Apollos. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm speaking kind of carnally too because it's like, you know, we see what happened with Corinth with their, you know, their uh, uh, defunct pastors and defunct elders. They could have re really used a guy like Apollos. But Apollos himself needed to learn and train and understand. Do you know why? Because don't forget that he was under the tutelage 
of Priscilla and Aquila. Yes, a woman was teaching a teacher, Apollos, but she was under the umbrella of her husband. And, you know, Priscilla and Aquila as like a, a duo, dynamic duo, pouring into Apollos. Just read Acts, Acts 18, verse 26, when, you know, you know, to, to, to what are you baptized? You know, I'm the, the baptism of, of, of John. Have you been baptized by the Spirit? I don't know about the baptism of the Spirit. Priscilla and Aquila, who were also themselves under the tutelage of Paul. You see, Paul taught them, and now Paul's students are teachers of Apollos. Priscilla and Aquila taught Apollos, you see. And Priscilla and Aquila were also tent makers. How beautiful is this? How beautiful is this? For the sake of the kingdom, for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be his name forever and ever. So Apollo, you know, Paul, Paul said, Apollos, go to, go to Corinth, go to Corinth. Paul, you know, I, I'm going to pray for them, but you know, I, I'm, I, I'm under John, you know, I'm under the, you know, I, the baptism of John and Priscilla and Aquila, your students, they asked me about the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, do some work, but then I'm also going to, you know, at nighttime, I'm going to go to Priscilla and Aquila's house and I'm going to do, we're going to do some Bible studies because I want to know about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, students becoming teachers because Paul's going to die. Chains and tribulations await him. He knows it. The Holy Spirit has told him. He knows it. There are some people who say, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Where were the red letters? Jerusalem. With Paul. You see? He knows. Change in tribulation. Possibly death. But he's already dead. He's on borrowed time. He should have been dead 25 years ago. He's on borrowed time. He actually, I meant like, to live is Christ, to die is better. That's Paul. And yet, look at the actions of his, look at the acts, the acts of his students. Priscilla and Aquila, teaching a pastor, a female teaching a pastor. She has a male covering. You see? And it's not like public. It's not like, you know, it's not like a public thing. It's like a private. Look, look, look what's happening here. Look at this blueprint that we have before us. And so Apollos, you, know, you need to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not just understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but on top of that, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, he was already mighty before, but like with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whew, stand by. Because he's going to straight up wreck shop in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me just spiritually speaking. Because you look at Acts 18, verse 28, and Apollos vigorously fought a warrior. You see? A warrior. Taught by warrior Priscilla, taught by warrior Aquila, who were taught by warrior Paul. And who are brothers of uh, warrior Timmy. Priscilla, the sister of, the sister warrior of brother Timmy. You see? Do you see what we, I mean, like, it's, it's like right here. Straight up blueprints. In verse 13, watch, he says, watch, military term. I love this so much, military term, which is to keep awake, to stay vigilant, 
and to be watchful. He says, watch. Watch. No sleeping. No sleeping. This is definitely not a time to slumber. These days that we live in today. Look at Jerusalem. Look at Jerusalem. Look at what's look at the state of Israel right now. Look at what's look at all these factions that are coming against her right now. Is it prophetic fulfillment? Well, you look at all the other correlating prophecies. The, the Euphra- okay, look at what's happening to Jerusalem. Nations coming against her. I'm not going to say like Armageddon right now, but you're starting to see the buildup towards these things. The actuality of Bible last days prophecy, it's getting more clear. Because in tandem with what's happening in Israel, you know, nations coming against her. In tandem, we also have the Euphrates River, which is drying. We also have the bioengineering of red heifers, which they've had qualified red heifers, but then they became unqualified. But there's more bioengineered red heifers. And based on what you see on the Temple Mount right now, then you understand that in accordance with the law, not advocating the law, but for a people who don't understand Jesus Christ is a Messiah, they're going to do the law. And in accordance with the law, you see the need for the red heifer, legally speaking, because there's blood, there's exposure to blood. And so there's the cleansing of the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer. So we have in a time period, right, there's the, uh, the, 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 the bioengineering of red heifer. There are like qualified red heifers that just have to analyze them. But you see the need for the red heifer now, legally speaking. Not advocating the law, but it's easy. It's not easy to understand. It's like necessary for a people that don't see Jesus Christ as the Messiah yet because their eyes are currently closed. Why? Until the fullness of the Gentiles is to provoke them to jealousy and then the eyes of Israel will be opened. It's all prophecy, Romans 11. In tandem with that, we have ethnos against ethnos. In tandem with that, we have a generation that is ultra, ultra, ultra offended. Talk to millennials today. I thought millennials were bad, but now you have the Z generation. Forget about it. They're like, you say like, hello, and they're offended. You say, hello, how you doing? They're offended. The female, you know, you open the door for a female, offended. That's the Z generation. A little little bit of, I thought the millennials were bad, but Z generation is on top of that, you have love waxing cold. On top of that, you have the Pope who's speaking great, great, great abominations. On top of that, you have, you know, buying and selling and governments getting involved with, you know, the freedom to buy and sell. On top of that, you have uh, technology, which the mark of the beast system, it is viable. Cashless society. It is growing. Nations, look at what's happening in Sweden. You know, the, the uh, national efforts to go cashless and then have embedded technology to pay with a hand. Pay with your hand. It's, these are the days that we live. On top of that, we have rampant apostasy. On top of that, we have Jezebels all over the place. You see, and we haven't even talked about the nations surrounding Israel. 
And amidst all this chaos, the world is going to desire peace. And instead of going to the Prince of Peace, they're going to look to the Antichrist who will enter peaceably and who will bring about peace. But it's a fake peace, a temporary peace. And when the world says peace and safety, boom, sudden destruction, the middle of the 70th week of Daniel, three and a half years to the end of world history. You see? Watch. Not a time to sleep. Watch. Not a time to sleep. In verse 13, watch, stand fast. Another military term, which is to stand, but to be as immovable. You're saved from time to time. It's like, okay, stand on, stand on the rock of Christ and never get off the rock of Christ. Satan's a fisherman too. You stand, you be immovable in Christ. Stand fast, stand fast in the faith. Be brave. You know how this translates in the Greek? Be manly. Man up. Manly. Also, it's very interesting. In the last days, we have the rise and the increase of beta males. You see? What does the Bible say? Don't do that. Be manly. Man up. Men. Or, you know, males. Because among the male class, some are men. Some are boys. Some are little tiny babies. No, put on your big boy pants. And be manly. Man up. Be brave. Be strong. I love this. Be strong. Empowered. To be empowered. To be vigorous. And to increase in strength. Be strong. That's the exhortation to the remnant. The leaven has been dealt with. The leaven has been dealt with. And this is the exhortation to the remnant. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Remember. The remnant knows now that love is the greatest gift. You might not have the gift of tongues. You might not have all knowledge. But these people, the remnant, they can love like it's nobody's business. Paul says to receive Timothy. Come here, Timothy. Give me a big fat hug. Okay, Timothy, here, look. We got this room set up for you. And you know you're going to sleep here. It's peace. We're not going to do our sex and drugs. None of that. That's the leaven. The leaven's been dealt with. No. It's nice and safe for you here. Nice and safe, little Timothy. We're gonna, you're going to have a nice meal. You know, this home, it's considered yours. It's all yours, Timothy. It's all yours. You know, you're a guest in our home, but here, it's yours. See, the rem- this is the remnant. That's what's so beautiful about this chapter because you see family. You see family. The remnant. Family within the remnant. Not, I mean, you look at the world. I mean, you go to Thanksgiving. Say you have Thanksgiving dinner. You have Thanksgiving dinner and talk politics. Do you know that's going to be like World War III in your house? You go to a Thanksgiving dinner and you talk religion. And it's going to be World War III because you're going to have the Buddhists and you're going to have the, uh, you know, whatever, the Virgin Mary people. You're going to have the Catholics. You're going to have, you know, the apostate Christians. You're going to have the crazy love Christians. You're going to have the Christians who go grave soaking. You're going to have the Christians who want to take the mark of the beast because their, you know, their teacher says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. You're going to have all these factions. But you look at the remnant and you see alignment. Alignment with the spirit of the Lord. 
alignment with the word of the Lord. Everything aligns. Yeah, that person might not speak in tongues. And you have the, uh, the, 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 the leaven that says, oh, that was for another, that was for 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit doesn't do miracles like he did in the, in, in the book of Acts. But look at what happens in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12. There's wisdom in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, wisdom. And we're still in verse 8. There's knowledge. Verse 9, faith. In verse 9, there's also healings. In verse 10, there's miracles and prophecy and discerning and tongues and interpretation of tongues. But Levin will say, oh, that was for 2,000 years ago. The healings, 2,000 years ago. It's not for today. Meanwhile, they get sick left and right because they don't believe in healings. You see? Very interesting these days that we live in because the false doctrine is being revealed by the fruit. I'm not, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, you know, I'm not, you know, you know Seventh-day Adventists have their own issues. <laughs> but among the apostates, among the apostates and those entering apostasy, among the leaven, Because they have defunct pastors who don't want to deal with the leaven. They are hireling. The hirelings are being exposed because they don't want to deal with the leaven. The false teachers and false prophets are being exposed because they're too afraid to deal with the leaven. They're man pleasers instead of God pleasers. So the leaven's, oh, that was for 2,000 years. The Lord doesn't do miracles like he did in the book of Acts. But you read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the working of miracles. So who are you going to believe? The word of God? Or the leaven. You have a choice. You believe the word of God? Or the leaven? The grave soakers. The crazy lovers. You see? Who are you going to believe? I say the word of God, but you have a choice to make. For your own soul. Count the cost. You know the cost. You see? So here in chapter 16, 1 Corinthians... Let all that you do be done with love. You see, the greatest gift. Oh, I don't do tongues. That's okay. You can love. Oh, I don't do miracles. That's okay. You can love. The greatest gift. You see, one body, many parts. I urge you, brethren, he says in verse 15, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas. Stephanas, beautiful, beautiful Stephanas. That is, that is, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. Now, Achaia, it's a, a, a Corinth is a city of Achaia, so it'd be like you know, um, uh, L.A. County, Los Angeles County, and in Los Angeles County, you have the city of Bell. Okay, so it'd be like you know, Bell would be like uh, Corinth. And so Achaia would be like L.A. County. So, you know, the first fruits of L.A. County that they, that, and, and Corinth, it would be like Bell, you know. So that's, what, that's what's happened. That's the relation between, between Achaia and Corinth. Corinth is a city of Achaia, just like Bell is a city of Corinth. That it is the first fruits of Achaia. And that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. De devoted themselves. I love this so much. It's to be determined and addicted. That's how it means. That's what it translates. This household of Stephanas. 
the first fruits of Achaia, they have determined and addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I love this so much because, you know, for us today, in the midst of this defunct generation, defunct pastors and defunct elders, be like the household of Stephanas. Be like the household of Chloe. Remnant. Chloe's house, remnant. Stephanus' house, remnant. You see? Verse 16, that you also submit to such. So people like this, like Chloe and Stephanus and the people in those home fellowships, be like that. Those are the models. When everything goes defunct, those are the models. Don't follow. You people want to go grave soaking? Don't follow that. That's not a model. That's not a pattern to follow. That's an abomination. They want to do their crazy love and let the world define their love. That's the word. That's Corinth. It's not the church. Don't follow that. That's not a pattern. Oh, but my teacher says it's okay to take the mark of the beast. It's a trap. Don't do that. You know it is. Who are you going to believe? The Bible or the grave soaker? The Bible or the crazy lover? The Bible or the mark of the beast person? The Bible or Mary? The Bible or Buddha? The word of God, which became flesh. Paul says in verse 16, submit to such the people, these patterns, like the Chloe's, like the Stephanuses, and those in the in those fellowships. And to everyone who works the labors with us joined in this ministry. The leaven has been dealt with. You see? The leaven has been dealt with. This is the remnant. That's what I love so much about this chapter. It's like a family. Koinonia. Oneness, ecclesia, the rem because the leaven has been dealt with. A lot of times people misread 1 Corinthians, the whole book. People misread 1 Corinthians because they themselves are leaven. They're doing the sex, they're doing the drugs, they go to the strip clubs, they're doing the crack, they're doing all these things. They say, oh yeah, this is such a beautiful chapter. Look, the gifts of the Spirit. But they don't realize, like, wait a second, the leaven has been dealt with so since the leaven has been dealt with in Corinth and all these uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, should we not apply that as well? And if the Lord reveals that I myself am the leaven, should I not repent? Should I not fall to my knees in repentance to the Lord? Absolutely, we repent. Repent, 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 repent. So we can have peace with the Lord. Shalom, shalom. Just like little Phineas with his influence of Papa and influence of Grandpa. But what do we see in the world today? Oh, you're so mean. Look, you're breaking up the family. Which family? The family of Adam or the family of Christ? Which family? Because the Lord breaks up the family of Adam. Jesus Christ breaks up the family of Adam. Remember our study in Luke, Luke 12, verse 51. Do you not suppose, do you not suppose, he says, which is to assume, do you, do, or not do you not, but do you suppose, do you assume that I came to give peace on earth? That's Jesus Christ. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? He says, I tell you, not at all. Not at all. Those are his words, not mine. I'm just the messenger but rather division, you see? 
It's the leaven who will call you the divider. If you're the remnant. It's the leaven that will call you the divider. Oh, you're, you're breaking up the family. Which family? Adam? That family? The one that dies in the wilderness? The one that doesn't enter the promised land? That family? I'm not breaking it up. That's what you can say. I'm not breaking it up. The Lord is. The Lord is. If you're among the remnant and if you are among the pattern, you tell them, I'm not going to be like you. You be like me. You see? Then they have a choice to make. Oh, you're such a legalist. You're such a legalist. Okay. The Holy Spirit doesn't work that. He doesn't do miracles like he did 2,000 years ago. They're revealing their own state of leavenness. And then you have a choice to make. Anybody named among, among you as, who's a brother, you have a choice, depending on you know the works of the flesh, depending on what those are, you have a choice to make. But among the remnant, you, uh, that's the sad part. That's like, wow, you know, that's, that's hardcore. It's sad. I, I fully understand. It's sad. Old Testament, New Testament. It's sad. Because it's the fruit of their own doing, but it's still sad because like, wow, you know, if they don't repent, that there's destruction that follows. That, that's the path of destruction. They need to repent while they're outside the camp. You know, if, if they have a pastor that has put them outside, if they have a defunct pastor, they're not going to be outside the camp. They're on their way to apostasy, which is prophesied to happen. Which tells us you have a lot of defunct pastors in the last days. There will be teachers. But there will be few. Prophesy. You see? So you see the war footing of the, of the church. The war footing of the church. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Don't be a beta male. Man up. I don't mean be, you know, like, I'm not talking in the flesh. Like, you know, you know, man up, you know, let's go do this. I, I've, I've been in men's fellowships before where the leader in ministry ordained by man, not ordained of the Lord, ordained by man. I mean, look at like Saddleback Church today. They're ordaining women, you know, to be pastors. The fruit of the flesh is revealing. I mean, these false teachers are exposing them. The Lord is exposing them. It's on full display. But in men's fellowships, where it's just the men, and they, they make phone calls, all these, the, the, the pastor, ministry leader, they make all these phone calls. If you're male, you be here. You bring your boys here. So they're like, okay, fine, I'll go. You know, the church wants me to go. So I, have to go. I have to submit to the pastors. Okay, I'm going to go. And so we get there. All the guys are there. And they start cussing like crazy. We are men. We're going to man up. And if we're going to cuss like this and beep, beep, beep and boop, boop, boop. And we're going to, you know, we have issues with pornography. It's no big deal. Some of you go to the strip clubs. It's no big deal. And boop, 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 beep, beep, beep. It's like, what? I, I wanted to vomit. Where in the world am I?
across the state of the church today. This is the state of the church today. It's not a pretty picture. I wish I could tell you otherwise. I wish I could tell you sweet nothings till I'm blue in the face. I wish I could whisper like beautiful, beautiful things. Not sweet nothings, sweet everythings. I wish I could tell you. But I can't. Because the last days is no joke. It's not a time to sleep. Not a time to sleep. And people I love, people you love, they're entering apostasy. And it hurts. It hurts really bad. It's the long suffering of our Lord. It's the long suffering of Jesus Christ and your heart. Your heart is one with Christ. Because you're long suffering. We have to fight. Protect your heart, because the heart of man will fail. Protect your heart. Look what happens here. First Corinthians sixteen. Just so you know, there's times when you're gonna hear long pauses because my throat is really messed up, so I have to drink something hot. And right now, what I had was hot, and now it's cold. But I gotta drink it still because my throat hurts. But sometimes I wear glasses too. Well, I mean, I wear glasses, but sometimes I get kind of like teary-eyed, and the tear gets on the lens, and then I really can't see. <laughs> so you're gonna hear pauses because I have to drink, and pauses because I have to like fix my glasses. First Corinthians sixteen, verse sixteen. That you also submit to such, and to everyone, and to everyone who works and labors with us. That's that's the ministry of the remnant. That's the ministry of the remnant. And the fish, the fish in the last days will be inside the church. As brothers and sisters are on their way to apostasy, it's going to break your heart. Look what he says in verse 17, I am glad about the coming of Stephanas, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. Look at this beautiful remnant. Look at this beautiful remnant. The majority, the 
population of the church in Corinth. I meant First Corinthians chapter two. I don't know how many people there were. First Corinthians chapter two. Imagine that number. And here in chapter sixteen, imagine that number, a smaller number. Because the leaven has been dealt with. It's safe for little Timmy. There's safety for little Timmy. There's safety for the church in Jerusalem because whoever is going to be approved, he's not of the leaven. She's not of the leaven. They're of the remnant. These funds for the church in Jerusalem, they're going to get to Jerusalem because they need it. The saints in Jerusalem need it. There's not going to be unaccounted for funds that are accounted for in Vegas with the crack, with the sex, with the alcohol, with the parties. It's the leaven that will call you mean. It's the leaven that will call you crazy. It's the leaven that will call you illegalist. And you're just being, being obedient to Christ. That's all you're doing. Now look at Paul here. In verse 17. I am glad about the coming of Stephanas, Fortunatus, and the Caicus. For what was lacking on your part, they supplied us. This was so beautiful. Yes, the church in Corinth had a deficit, a spiritual deficit. Look at that. They were babies. They were on milk. Three years later, they're still on milk. Remember chapter 3? I'll read chapter 3 again. Ah, my eyes are so foggy, I can't even see. He says in chapter 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now. You were not able to receive it. Even now you are still not able. But you are still carnal. You see, we have to die. We have to die. You have to carry your cross. I have to carry my cross and I'll help you carry your cross. You help me carry my cross. Because we're a people of the way. Christians. The remnant according to grace. In accordance with Romans 11, every jot, every tittle must be fulfilled. And every jot, every tittle will be fulfilled. But we're going to paradise. Yes, Corinth had a deficit. But Stephanas, Fortunatus, and the Caicus, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 17, what was lacking on your part, they supplied, you see. So now you see these yo-yos. You hear me mention the yo-yos. All, all, like Acts 20, he says this entourage of Paul. It's not Paul that has an entourage for the sake of having an entourage. They're not like leeches. They're not mooches. Yes, Paul is supplying for them. He's selling the tents with the proceeds of the tent, supplying for the saints for this entourage. But there's a purpose behind it. 
Paul knows he's going to die. What about the next generation of righteousness? Because when they cut off my head, Timmy, you, you got to teach. When they cut off my head, when, I, when I'm in prison, Timmy, you got to teach. When I'm in prison, Stephanas, Fortunatus, the Kaikis. You have to teach. What was lacking on their part in Corinth, what was lacking on their part in Ephesus, what was lacking on their part in Galatia. You have to teach. Because how will the people know if they don't have a teacher? How will they know? The Lord is establishing order in the fellowships, order in the church, the early church. In the last days, order in the remnant. And we await the bridegroom. Lamps will go dark. Not yours. Not yours. Because we await the bridegroom. Verse 18, for they re they refreshed my spirit and yours. Do you see how beautiful this is? Yes, order is being established. And these yo-yos, you know, Stephanus, Fortunatus, Fortunatus uh, Caicus, and even Timothy, yo-yos, uh, entourage of Paul being sent out, coming back to Paul, giving report to Paul. Yes, Paul, this is what happened. Yes, we established order there. You know, you, you hear me say like, you know, a runner who brings a letter. We got a letter from Paul. We got a letter from Paul. What if one of these runners was Stephanus or Fortunatus or Achaicus? And they're the messengers who say, identify the leaven. Who is the leaven? Okay, these are, this is the group of leaven. Okay, you're outside the camp. We love you, but there has to be order in the fellowship. You see? And now look what happens among this remnant. Paul says, for they refreshed my spirit and yours. You see, rejoice. Rejoice in the remnant. When Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, your rejoicing isn't good because of the leaven that was there. He says the leaven needs to be dealt with. You take anybody named a brother, don't even eat a meal with this person because the leaven has to be addressed. Your rejoicing isn't good. But now he says the rejoicing is beautiful. They refreshed my spirit and yours. Why? It's the blessing of obedience among the remnant. Therefore, acknowledge such men. Mark them. It's not like acknowledge them like, okay, here you get an award. Wow, look how awesome you are. No, mark them. These are patterns. Stephanus, Achaicus, Fortunatus, Chloe, Timothy, Chloe's household, probably women's fellowship. Patterns. Follow this. Don't follow the drunkard. Don't follow the sexually immoral. Don't follow the reviler. Don't follow the, 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 the extortioner. That's leaven. They need to be out. In verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you. Greet is to embrace. The churches in Asia... Sorry, I'm kind of a mess here. In verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you. They embrace you. Aquila and the Priscilla. Look at this. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. A teacher of Pastor Apollos. 
a teacher of a teacher, who they themselves were students of a teacher named Paul. Can you see how beautiful this is? Yes, it's a remnant. Yes, it's a small. It's not the the large population of Corinth, but it's a beautiful, beautiful remnant. Refined. Just as what's going to happen in the last days among the remnant, refined as through fire. Aquila and Priscilla greet you or embrace you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. They a home fellowship. You see? Not a defunct fellowship. And they're teachers of Apollos, another mighty teacher who fought valiantly, spiritually speaking. In verse 20, all the brethren greet you or embrace you. Greet one another or embrace one another with a holy kiss. Now, I have to emphasize here, this is for dead people. This is for people who are crucified with Christ. Greet one another with a holy kiss. It's only for the dead. If you're not dead, don't do it. If you're living, don't do it. If you're not carrying your cross, don't do it. If you're not crucified with Christ, don't do it. But if you are, do it. Embrace and greet one another with the holy kiss. The salutation with my own hand with my own hands, Paul's you know, have you ever like received a letter from somebody you love? And you see the handwriting, it's like, oh my. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed, let him be anathema. Oh, Lord, come. You know what this is in the Greek? Maranatha. Maranatha. Oh, Lord, come. You and me, we await the bridegroom, our better husband, unto the better marriage, and we wait for him faithfully. The leaven, pray for them. They have to be dealt with. Pray for them. But the remnant, with oil for their lamps, we cry out, Maranatha. The better husband, the better marriage, paradise. The grace of our Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. We come to the conclusion of our study through 1 Corinthians. Now we're going to pick up next week, Lord willing, in 2 Corinthians. And you know what happens? Another three years passes. And now the defunct teachers, which were in Corinth, now there's a new mixture, which are the false teachers. The false teachers. You see how brutal this war is? (laughs) 
what's happening to the flock of God. Look at what's happening to little lambs. Look at what's happening to sheep. The wolves are let in, welcomed in. Where are the shepherds? Where are the shepherds? Shepherds kill the wolves spiritually. Turn with me really quick in closing to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 2 Corinthians chapter 11. One little verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, in closing. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you have received, or if you have received a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. That's what he says to the church in Corinth. At the end of 1 Corinthians, a beautiful, beautiful remnant. But don't forget that the remnant has to stay a remnant. And I say that for the last day's church. The remnant has to stay the remnant until the end where we cry out every day, Maranatha, Lord, come. God bless you beautiful people of the way. I love you.